Welcome to More Than Words, a podcast about treating the whole child brought to you by the Reading and Language Learning Center. I'm your host, Tristan, and today I'm joined by the National Director of Outreach at CLE, Carmen Zara, to discuss the soft skills needed for post-secondary success. Hi, Carmen. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited that you're here. I'm great. So let's have you introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Tell us everything. Yes, absolutely. So again, my name is Carmen Zara. I work at CLE, which stands for College Living Experience. Um, And my job is essentially just to go out, speak about CLE, about current trends that we're seeing, not just with our own student population, but within the educational community uh, as a whole. So I'm excited. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. So you said you're with CLE and you're National Director of Outreach, excuse me. So where can people find CLE if they're looking for it like in the world, but then also online? Yes, that's a great question. So we do have a website called experiencecle.com. Our physical centers, which are seven nationwide here in the United States, are in Denver, Colorado, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Nashville, Tennessee, the D.C. area, Washington, D.C., which just happens to be my own home base. (laughs) And of course, Austin, Texas. And then we have two in California, Costa Mesa um, and Monterey. So those are our physical locations. But we are always online, active on social media and LinkedIn as well. Perfect. Okay. So I'll link you guys in the show notes, your website, and then um, all the social media platforms so people can follow you guys. Great. Perfect. Alrighty. Well, let's hop into it. Just tell us like what CLE is. We're happy to have you here because I think this is like something I think a lot of our clients could really benefit from. Um, So tell us what the program is. So we actually began the journey back in 1989. We started actually in Florida, Fort Lauderdale. And again, I mean, the, the reality is after high school, our students just those support services, they tend to drop off. And so what happens to those students, right? If they end up going to college or end up looking for a career, those supports are no longer there to help them. Those accommodations, they may not know how to ask for them. They may not even know what accommodations they're currently receiving in high school, middle school. And so recognizing that as an issue that is just nationwide, we decided how do we how do we fix that? What's the solution? We went ahead and actually subsequently expanded from Florida. And now we we have seven centers nationwide. Right. Um, and at the moment we're currently serving about three hundred students a year, roughly. Wow. Um, and so yeah. We're we're excited to to continue our efforts. Um, not just again, wraparound is such a generic term, but we really do focus on the academic, right? On the career yeah. building, on the soft skills, the executive functioning, the social skills, and of course, last but not least, the independent living support, which a lot of times as parents, we're, we're also enabling our families to, you know, not feel those successes when they're maybe even in elementary school, middle school, right? Of, of problem solving on their own. Right. So, wow. That's a awesome. component of CLA. Yeah. So, Who's your like ideal client when you guys are looking? You said you have about 300, which is yeah, awesome. That is a great question. So all of our students, essentially our community is made up of motivated young adults 
all with various abilities, ranging from executive functioning challenges to autism. And again, all of our students do have that potential for success. They may simply just need support improving those skills or their confidence for independence or their social skills, right? So some of our students may enroll fresh out of high school, so they may be 17, 18, and then others may have taken a few semesters in college, have, have tried to find some actual physical gainful employment, right. and now they're recognizing they need those additional supports. Yeah. And then lastly, I do want to mention that because our students are living in a two-bedroom apartment with one of their CLE peers, all of our students are really free from those significant behavioral and substance challenges as well. So what is the program like? So when you get there or like when a student gets there, what's the, not the goal, what's the word I'm looking for? The day-to-day life maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so we have a traditional program and we have a day program. The traditional program is where the CLE students live in the apartment and and they're really truly 24-7, right? integrated within our program. The day program is where the students are actually living at home with a family member, a loved one, and they're accessing our support through the center, not necessarily living with us, right? So when I'm talking about the traditional program, that student's going to wake up typically around 7.15, depending what time they've set their alarm independently, right? Yeah. They are going to go through their morning routine. Right. And so all of our students have an executive functioning application on their phone and they're going through the motions of what they need to do. So some students may need reminders to brush their teeth. Some students may need reminders to pack a lunch or pack a textbook. Or maybe they have a job interview. Right. Have they laid out those clothes the night before? So once they've completed that morning routine, right, the showering, the brushing the teeth, the having the breakfast, they're now going to go meet. In the D.C. area, for example, they're going to go meet their resident advisor at resident services. Once they're at resident services, they're actually going to get into the CLE van, again, if they need that transportation assistance. Right. Some students may prefer to walk. Some students may prefer to drive. And then once they're in that CLE van, they're going to go either to the center, right, or maybe they have a class that morning. And so they're going to independently get themselves from their apartment to campus. Okay. Or maybe they have a virtual class, right? right. Everybody's schedule is going to look a little bit different. But that morning piece, right, that general morning piece is going to look somewhat uniform because we really want to get that routine started up. Right. And no matter whether you're taking the academic track or the career track, right, those supports are still going to be in place. And so if you're taking, let's say, Psychology 101, your tutoring is still going to happen at the center. If you're okay. looking for a full-time job, that career development session is still going to happen at the center. Okay. And so those physical physical sessions that CLE offers happen either in the apartments or in the center. When I mean the apartments, it means our independent living skills coach is actually going to the apartment and let's say they're learning how to cook that day. Okay. Making a nutritious meal of beef and broccoli, for example. Yeah. And so that's going to take place in the apartment, but it really just depends on the level of need and what the actual physical session entails. Right. That's really cool. Okay. Cause I think when we were chatting, it was like, it's, if you've never heard of CLE, you might know, like there's a live-in component there. 
and there isn't. So it's really interesting to know because it sounds like there's a wide range of like need and ability there, which I know you said, um, but it, it's, it's always cool to hear like you've got someone that's coming in to help you learn how to cook. You have someone that is going, you have the the app that's, you know, the executive functioning it has kind of like your to-do list um, of stuff you may not, like you may have started doing growing up, but you need exactly. that little bit of assistance. Exactly. And after high school, sometimes you're so used to mom or dad making those doctor's appointments or mom and dad packing your lunch, mom and dad getting you to the grocery store and making that weekly meal plan, right? Mm -hmm. Again, maybe it's mom and dad who have signed you up for piano lessons or hockey lessons and really pushed you to be social. You're at Philly where you're going to have at least three weekly social engagement opportunities. Oh, that's awesome. Right? Yeah, And we're partnering with our clinical director to also navigate those icky situations that may arise sometimes. That yeah. way we're really providing the opportunity to problem solve on their own in a mm-hmm. supported environment. And that way, when they hit those speed bumps down the road, they have the tools to help them get back up and move forward. Right. That's awesome. And so we we talked about how it's um, you've got college and then you also have career um, students that work with you guys. So how long do students normally stay? Because college normally is like a two-year or four-year, sometimes five-year track, right? So what's the length? On average, our students are going to stay with us for about two to three years. Oh, cool. Right? So we're really scaffolding those supports right. to the point where they no longer need it right. that significantly, right? They're going to have a handle on executive functioning. And that is Sometimes the biggest piece here, they're going to have a handle on that social component. It's scary to be social and to learn to be confident and comfortable. It may take a a little bit of practice, right? And if you don't have the tools to move forward and really and truly live independently, you're not going to be as successful. And sometimes when we're growing up and we're again in elementary school, middle school, high school, we're giving our students all of these opportunities to not necessarily fail, but, you know, learn from those experiences. Right. So as parents, I really want to say it's important to allow our students to fail. Right. Again, figuratively speaking here. Right. <laughs> and just remember that they're going to fail in that supported environment. Right. And so, again, you're going back and you're allowing them to really problem solve on their own. You're giving them the tools for success. Right. And the strategy to navigate what's going to come in the future. Because again, parents and family members aren't forever. What happens after right. that? If we're not allowing our students to learn from their mistakes, they're not gonna right. they're ultimately not gonna learn. Period. They right. they simply will not know what they do not know. Right. Exactly. And how old what's the age range of students that you guys have? So our students actually range from 18 to 26. So again, it comes to what we were talking about before. Some students are going to come fresh out of high school, Mm -hmm. right? Some students are going to come maybe a semester or a year in from from college. And then at that point in time, they've realized, oh, okay, I need help. Once you recognize I need assistance, that for us is a huge green flag, right? right? But sometimes it, it takes a little bit to really recognize uh, that you need additional assistance and support, and that's okay. Right. Yeah. 
Um, and we talked about some of the skills that you guys teach there, but like, what are those soft skills that people are like the students are learning while they're there? Yes. I mean, again, the soft skills are really going to be focused on the executive functioning, the social component, the self-advocacy, right? But it really, truly goes beyond that because we've really made that intentional effort to offer that wide range and wide scope of wraparound support that are tailored to each individual student's level of need, right? Some students are going to come in and they're going to be really strong academically Mm-hmm. really be struggling socially. Right. And then on the flip side, you're going to have that student who is a social butterfly. Right. And they're really struggling academically and they may not even know how to ask for help. Right. right? And they've gotten asked before and, and for them, they haven't really fully computed that there are strategies right. that they can use in order to help them academically, or they may not feel comfortable asking for help yet. Yeah, And so again, those soft skills all incorporate uh, into that as well. Very cool. So you've got the kids are learning the soft kids, sorry, students are learning the soft skills, um, which is awesome. And, you know, you were kind of removed from your parents, which is a good piece of that um, so that you don't get used to having someone there always telling you what to do and when to do it. So I guess my next question would be just, can families come visit and like get yeah. to say hi and to, and all of that to the kids that are in the traditional side of the program? Yeah. So if your student is in our program, they're independent adults. So absolutely. Right. If you want to come by on a Sunday, say hi, help them, take them out for lunch, maybe right. by all means, right. That door will always be open. Right. Now, Let's say that you're a prospective family or student and you're looking to visit us as well. That's also a possibility. We typically partner with schools. For example, we just had the Chelsea School here in Maryland come down and visit us. They did an open house for CLE. um, And we are in communication with Commonwealth Academy to also host another open house as well. So if there is an interest, we are more than happy to open our doors um, and have families come in, ask those questions, right? Because again, sometimes our students have no interest in college. What does that look like? What are the opportunities there? How do we really motivate our students, right? right? So there's a lot of questions that uh, families have asked us that have been terrific. And sometimes they don't even know they have those questions until they're they're in our center. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure it's like so interesting giving people a tour and like taking them around because it is such a different like way than being at home. Um, again, cause like it's all family generally at home. So you have like the parent to child relationship. Um, but having that independence while also having support and like live in support, like in a way, like live in support, which is, um, different to school even. Right. Um, it's just so interesting. And I feel like you do get there and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is like you see this opportunity for your kid that you may not have known was there. Um, exactly. And so then you probably do have a ton of questions like, oh my gosh, can are you able to do this? Do you think they'll be able to do that? It's like eye-opening. And I'm sure you see a lot of parents just like a light bulb goes off and they're like, oh my gosh, my kid can do this. And a lot of times, especially during the pandemic, the challenges that educators were maybe seeing, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, Tommy. 
Tommy is really strong academically. However, he's really struggling verbalizing if he needs help or how to make a friend. And so the educator has gone to the family, parent-teacher conferences, it's come up. However, because of the pandemic and classes were now in home, it really switched the dynamic, right? Right. Those parents no longer had the back seat. They had a front row Mm -hmm. seat to what was happening at school sometimes. And so everybody has a very different story, but at the same time, it really did shed a light as to what was happening in the classroom. Sometimes it was a mental health concern, maybe it was academic, but it really drew attention to some of the challenges that that our students were having. And sometimes our students weren't saying, hey, I need help because they may not have known they needed help at that point in time, right? So when it comes to college specifically, right, when you're talking about gaining supports in college. If you have an IEP, that ends in high school, right? right? Some of our students may not know that. Yeah. However, if you want supports in college, you have to be comfortable self-disclosing. Right. And a lot of our students may not feel comfortable. Some of our students do. But how do you go about writing an accommodations letter? Yeah. What accommodations do you currently have in high school? What's your diagnosis? These are all questions that we start mulling over throughout the years, and especially before we get to college and allowing our students to take control of the situation, right? Right. When you're in college, we really encourage our families to take a back seat right? because we want to enable our students to take charge of their lives. And that's probably one of the most difficult situations that we can ask our parents. And that's why we have the parent coach as well, right? because again, we can help support our students. Right. But we also recognize that our parents and our families need support too. Yeah. And sometimes they just need a sounding board. They need a coach to really lead the way because sometimes it's the first child that has left the family home and is off to college right. or off to, to find a career. Right. So it's difficult and we recognize I'm sure. That. Yeah. Wow. So if you have any, we would love if you shared like a success story um, that you've seen. Yeah. So again, being in this industry for close to 40 years, we've had several success stories. Every year there's a new success story. Oh yeah. Um, recently we had John who was actually highlighted uh, on, to- on the Texas Tech University's website. Oh, wow. He actually he initially began pursuing a degree in engineering. Okay. And then as he finagled his way through the academic system, he actually ended up discovering his love for plants and landscaping. Oh, that's awesome. So he, I know, he actually ended up earning his bachelor's uh, degree in landscape architecture. Wow. And then went on to graduate school, even did some research for CalU and the oh um, Entomological <laughs> Society of America. Wow. So we've had several students. Another one, I mean, again, we have students who are mental health professionals uh, who are currently in the vet tech program or hospitality program. Uh, we've had even students who are now currently software engineers and developers wow. who are making six figures. One of them actually works uh, on LinkedIn oh um, and Indeed. So there, there's really a unique path for every single one of our students. Some of our students, again, they enter a program with a that goal in mind. And some similar to John, I mean, they may 
have initially started off loving the art, right? And then as the months progressed, as the years progressed, they decided, you know what? I actually love landscaping. Right. Right. And so our job is really to help navigate and find their passion, their strength, right? And even sometimes their challenges. That way they know how to overcome them. And of course, just supporting them along the way is, is key to, to everybody's success. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And it's, it is interesting, like going through college. Cause I think a lot of people experience that, like you start off thinking you want to do one thing and then you're like, absolutely not. I want to do something completely different. Um, but it can be really isolating. Cause if you don't know that there's someone to support you and you don't know like that you need help figuring that out, like there's no way you're just going to go through four years of college being like, Oh, I hate this thing that I'm doing, but like I signed up to do it. And so mm-hmm. having, this is like amazing to hear because you have a set support system that's like, oh, like you don't have to do this. You can do something exactly. different that you're interested in. Yes. Um, so that is I awesome. Mean, for example, wow. I mean, I, I have ADD, mm-hmm. right? I wasn't diagnosed until very late in life. Yeah. And so for me, my parents always pushed me to be a medical professional. My dad's an epidemiologist. My sister now is internal medicine. And so medicine, 100% in my future. Right. I went to college, realized, you know what? Chemistry, math, not for me. Right. (laughs) Had I taken an assessment like our CLE students have, I would likely have saved time, money, and even my own anxiety. Yeah. Trying to figure out what, what my life's goal and mission was. Right. Because again, what am I good at? Right. Apart from the academic, what are my passions? Mm-hmm. What's my personality like? Right. It all really fuels that career exploration path. And it all fuels also the academic path. Because in order to be, let's say, for example, a mental health professional, right. you need certification. Mm-hmm. And so it's really linking what career do you want? What career are you best suited for? And then what education do you need in order to achieve that? Right. Yeah. Because that is, can be really hard to figure out. Like I, I, we talked about this before the podcast, but like, I'm not a speech path. I do like our website and things like that. And so when I, when we like, let's say hire someone new on, or we're like talking about like credentialing that people have, it's so interesting to me because I'm like, oh my gosh, like obviously like you have to be a licensed professional to like give like speech therapy to a child, but you wouldn't know that if you weren't trying to pursue that career. And you also wouldn't know that if you didn't know where to look for it. So that is, I mean, it's so, so helpful. We've already said like, this is obviously a a huge, amazing program that just, I think would be so beneficial to so many students, but it just it, hearing more about it, it just makes me feel like, oh wow, there's a place, there's a place for people to figure it all out. Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, yes, the assessment is fabulous. I would have benefited from that, but quite frankly, our financial literacy piece is probably one of the most helpful areas because, yeah, especially as a young adult, I had no true meaning or understanding of what the dollar meant. Right. I knew I had an allowance. I knew that if I did my chores, I would get money. But again, Mm -hmm. no real concept of that. 
And so having our students sit through a weekly financial literacy session, go through budgeting. Oh, I spent $6 over budget on Starbucks this week. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I wanted to grab coffee with my friends. Okay, well, now do you have enough to pay your rent, your utilities? These are questions we have to start asking ourselves, even in high school, yeah. right? And so it's it's really put quite a number of, of factors here in perspective where we're not always taught budgeting. We're not always taught the soft skills, right? There's untalked about social norms that happen not just in the career world, right? But also in the academic world. Mm -hmm. You have to sometimes remind your professor that you have these accommodations. Maybe you want to self-disclose to your employer Mm -hmm. and ask for accommodations. That's a possibility. A lot of our our population in our community have no idea that that's a possibility. Right. And so it's really just opening up the door to all of these possibilities. Yeah. And the reality is you have support. You just have to sometimes ask for it and know how to ask for it and yeah. what to ask for. Yeah. And I'm sure like um, we deal with a lot of kids. We have a lot of kids with dyslexia. Um, and it, so I think it's brought up a lot of conversations in my household that's like, oh, like so-and-so has dyslexia. And so like, this is how they've worked through it. Right. And so I have some folks I know that are like, I want to say fifties and up and they know they have a problem, but they never addressed it when they were younger. And so like, they're having this really successful like career path, but like this reading and writing thing sometimes holds them back. Um, but they know that about themselves. And so the, like, they'll be in a meeting. They'll be like, I'm not going to take the notes. Like I need X, Y, Z. I need this person to take notes and it'll be great. And that'll be fine. And they've like learned how to navigate that. But if they'd had the assistance of something like, you know, reading therapy or the college, like, or CLE, they would have a better way of making it through their, you know, their career or yeah. college or something of that nature. I mean, it really just truly a lot of times it stems from the way that we were raised, right? right? I knew as a child growing up that if I waited long enough, somebody was going to do it for me. Yep. Oh, and Mm -hmm. I was stubborn. And I still (laughs) am at times, but I could outweigh anybody. And so the reality is our kiddos, our students, when they're in elementary school, middle school, high school, if they know that by waiting, Somebody is going to take charge of the situation and do it for them. Yeah. Their initial reaction will always be to just wait it out and allow somebody else to take care of it. Right. And again, that reality is it may not ever get taken care of, mm-hmm. right? Your, let's say your eye hurts or your ear hurts. Right. Nobody's going to say, let's get you a doctor's appointment, right? right. If you are living on your own. You have to know innately, right? My ear hurts, my eye hurts, right? Or I have a really severe headache. Right. Assess the situation. Get contact. Right. And then assess whether or not you need medical attention. If so, how do you ask for that doctor's appointment? Right. Right. How do you get to the doctor? That's another question. So it's again, going back to those soft skills that sometimes are just not taught at school. Right. But rather sometimes at home. But again, once you leave family, the family home, once you leave school, a lot of times those supports 
just fall off. Right. Yeah. Well, this has been, I mean, so enlightening and I think very hopeful for parents um, because I'm sure there are parents of kids that are in like middle school or like just starting high school. And they're like, oh my gosh, like they're starting to realize I am not always going to be here. So like, what can I do for my kid? So this has been incredibly helpful. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Tristan, for having me. It's always great to chat with you. Yes, same to you. So thank you so much for being here. Um, And thank you so much for everyone to listening to the podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so that you can see when we have our new episodes out and we'll see you next time.